Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, America. I hope you're having a great day. It is Eric Erickson here across America. Now, I, I full disclosure, you got to prepare yourselves. I'm not going to be here on Friday. I'm not going to be like shirking my responsibilities. I'll be on stage interviewing presidential candidates at uh, the annual gathering that we're having uh, for radio listeners and readers across America coming together in Atlanta to hear from these candidates. Uh, someone just said something remarkable online. So the Republican first Republican presidential debate is a year or a year a week from today. Next week in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Republicans will take the stage at the first presidential debate. Donald Trump will not be there. And a reporter speculated, would it not be hilarious showmanship for Donald Trump to schedule his uh, arrest and processing for the same time that the debate is on? What would the media cover? Would Fox News itself skip covering a Republican debate to watch Donald Trump go in and get fingerprinted and mugshotted in Fulton County, Georgia? Now, by the way, there are some Republicans who are outraged that Donald Trump's going to get fingerprinted and mugshotted, that the sheriff of Fulton County, Georgia, says, uh, yes, he's going to get mugshotted. It's what we do. Uh, The same people are upset by a two-tier system of justice. This is... He's doing it. God bless him. He's submitting to a system that is not a two-tiered system. Everybody else gets mugshotted. Uh, that he's not getting mugshotted is by virtue of his uh, position, former position. So now he's going to be a man of the people. And he can put that mugshot, you know, if anything, to boost his fundraising numbers to pay for these lawyers. Donald Trump could put his mugshot on cups and mugs and T-shirts and bumper stickers and mint it. The amount of money the man will be able to make by doing that, um, it'll pay for his campaign. If anything, that's one reason the sheriff of Fulton County might should rethink this. Uh, it's like an in-kind contribution to the Democrats' campaign. Um, all right, I got to move on. Um, and, well, yeah, I... I'm trying to avoid the topic that I've had in the show notes for a week to talk about, and I don't really want to talk about it, but it is such a news story that it, it needs to be talked about. So uh, I'm I'm going to ask for your apologies before I do this. Um, we need to talk about the suicide rate. The Associated Press is the latest to cover this. 49,500 people took their own lives last year in the United States. The highest number ever, according to new government data posted Thursday. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which posted the numbers, has not yet calculated a suicide rate for the year. 
but available data suggests suicides are more common in the U.S. than at any time since the dawn of World War II. There's something wrong. The number should not be going up, says Christina Wilbur, a 45-year-old Florida woman whose son shot himself to death last year. My son should not have died, she said. I know it's complicated. I really do. But we have to be able to do something, something that we're not doing. Because whatever we're doing right now is not helping. Experts caution suicide is complicated and that recent increases might be driven by a range of factors, including higher rates of depression and limited availability of mental health services. But a main driver is the growing availability of guns, says Jill Harkavy Friedman, Senior Vice President of Research at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Guns are like climate change. They're now the excuses. It's not a remarkable way to cover the story. Suicide's complicated. And the recent increase might be driven by a range of factors, including higher rates of depression. But actually, it's guns. It's the availability of guns. Let's not deal with the problem. Let's blame the guns like we blame climate change. Remarkable. And then, of course, they pivot to making it all about guns. Forget the increase in depression. Forget the increase in isolation. Forget the increase in in people feeling like they have no future, people giving up hope. Nope, it's the guns. It's so easy when you say it that way. It's just the guns, just like it's, it's climate change. Let me just talk to you. The message of religion is that there's an afterlife. The message of America is that there's nothing better than this. The message of religion is that this is the worst life you'll ever have, but you got to get through it. And from the day you're in the ground, an old man or an old woman, sky's the limit. Eternity is better than the here and now, but you got to get through the here and now. It's going to be bad. Life's unfair. You got to get through it. And then those 80, 90 years are the worst you'll ever have it. The message of America is, You can succeed here, and if you can't, well, it's on you. And there's some truth in that. I talk about people who fail at life and blame other people. There's some truth in that. But the message America sells today in its secular media is that, well, there's nothing better than this world. There's nothing after this world. You die and the worms eat your body. And America's really not that good anymore. You're born into a, a, a country that is systemically racist and bad. And by the way, we got to isolate you. We got to keep you out of your schools. We got to keep you away from your friends. Here's a screen, put it in your hand, see the world that way. I am more and more mindful that I can sometimes be a little preachy, get into theology on a news talk program, and it turns some people off. And I try to limit it to Christmas and Easter, but it spills over, and no, I'm not going to right now. But what I am going to say is that 
as society has pushed religion aside, society doesn't have better answers than religion. You can say it's all garbage. You can say that there is no afterlife, there is no God, there is no resurrection, there is no Allah, there is no Vishnu, there, there's, there's no religion is real, religion is the opioid, uh, opiate of the masses. You, you can say that. But secularism does not offer a better answer. In fact, it offers more hopelessness. It offers more despair because what secularism says is this is it. At the end of this, the worms eat your body and ultimately people wind up forgetting you. And your existence is kind of meaningless. You're not here for a purpose. Religion gives people purpose. Secularism gives people an excuse to eat a bullet. I mean, if this is all there is and you're going to die anyway, might as well get it over now. Life sucks. Your friends are dying. The Chinese are on the rise. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, why why not take the easy way out? There, there's nothing after anyway. There is no consequence of eating the bullet, so just go on, get it over with. Stop having to struggle day to day to make ends meet. It becomes really easy. And that's the problem. That message breeds despair. And see, here's the thing, because I, I, I do believe there's, there's something after death. And I believe there is a voice in everyone's head, even the atheist who struggles mightily to suppress it. Every child when they're young wants to know why they're here, what their purpose is. And secularism really doesn't give them a purpose. It's not a surprise that the societies that become more secular, the communist societies, have more despair. You get rid of religion, the state is God, there's nothing after death. Might as well go on and check out. Life sucks, get it over with. And into that void, if we were a healthy society, we would be filling our society with politicians on both sides of the aisle who say, wait a second, you do have purpose and you do have meaning and there is more, there's something else. See, every single person does have that voice in the back of their head, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my calling? Everybody has that. You have that in the quiet of the night when you're all alone, the little voice in the back of your head, what is my future? And in normal times, in healthy times, that's answered with whether it's glorifying God or to improve the world around you, leave the world better off than you found it, that's there. But we're in unhealthy times, and the answer is, nothing, you got no purpose, life sucks. And it's echoed in the political refrains where people see the politicians are just trying to cash in while cashing in is good before China takes over. It's the the people in Washington are looting the banks before they flee to their mansions on, on the Hudson. But I want to tell you that there there is a higher calling. Even if you don't, even if you're not a religious person, even if you're an atheist, there's a calling for you too to leave the world better than you found it. It's a calling for all of us. Leave the world better than we found it. And if that's the only answer you have for the voice in the back of your head, not to glorify God and enjoy him forever, as the catechism would say, not for anything else, but just to say, 
leave the world better than you found it, that's going to be enough for a lot of people. And they're not even getting that today. They're not even getting that. They're getting hopelessness from Washington, and they're getting despair, and they're isolated. They don't have friends. They have screens. You know, your screen and the people on the other side of the screen, they're not going to take care of you when you're sick. They're not going to come feed your pets when you're out of town or water your plants. It's just a screen. We've isolated ourselves, and it's not a, it's not a coincidence at all that uh, depression has gone up and suicide has gone up as, we've, as our isolation has gone up post-COVID. People are in hopelessness and despair, and the answer from the government, the answer from cultural institutions, the answer from the media, the answer from much of what you see on TV and in the movies is, ah, there's really nothing else. It all kind of sucks. But the reality is there's so much more. Life is not fair. We have an entire political movement in this country on the left intended to level the playing field of equity to make life fair in some way. Life is never going to be fair. And that's something the left fundamentally doesn't understand. Life is never going to be fair. But just because life isn't fair doesn't mean it's bad. And so many of the the cultural institutions and the media voices and the political voices, they, they don't have an answer to that question. Here is the answer to the question. If you're struggling with depression right now, you need to force yourself to be involved in a group or in a cause greater than yourself. The answer to your question at minimum, if you're struggling with depression, is Leave this world better than you found it. And if you now at this point in your depression think that you're not worth it, that you're not worthy, that you can't force yourself out into the world, find an organization to volunteer with and improve the world one small act at a time. And you'll see every single one of us in some way, big or small, can make the world a better place. We don't have to have the deep theological discussion. We don't have to talk about God and Christ and, and all of that. We can just say, if you're isolated, you're probably depressed. And your depression comes from your isolation. And the cure is not the bullet. The cure is to force yourself out of your comfort zone and into the world, into an organization that needs you. There are in every community Battered women's shelters, food banks, soup kitchens, schools in need of tutors and volunteers. Everyone in the world needs someone else. No man can be an island. We are made for community. And our depression and despair has a whole lot to do with our isolation right now. That's why the suicide rates are up. And the way to get them down is to make sure people understand that the short answer is to encourage people to leave the world better than they found it by getting involved in their local community. If you're struggling, there are people you can reach out to who will help you. And there are also a lot of people in your community who could use your help. They could use a friend, and you probably could too. The one thing you got to do, though, is get off the couch, put down the screen, and walk outside. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation and you may really need HR. Well, 
You may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Hi. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm 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 happy to have you on the program. People are fired up over this Richmond North of Richmond song, getting lots of emails. And what what I find so interesting is, and I realize it, it my listeners are center right listeners, but even like liberal listeners are emailing and noting that they they have they find some level of connection with the song now. I, I, I gotta go back to um I gotta go back to my prior comments on climate change and how it's a a a catch all because John Podesta has been at the White House and you will not be surprised to learn the man is yet again all about climate change and how the fires in in Hawaii are climate change, the heat wave is climate change. Everything is climate change. And by the way, the Inflation Reduction Act is actually about climate change. And that is probably the most remarkable thing to me is how so many people on the left now are willing to admit that uh, the Inflation Reduction Act really was not about Inflation Reduction Acts at all. It was about climate change. Climate, it's all climate change. Everything is climate change. Uh, this, is, this is the religion of the left. We are watching all of this uh, into turn into a new religion, transgenderism, climate change, and the like. It's, it's all tied together, uh, and it is a Malthusian religion demanding fewer people. That's sad. Now, if you are someone who has kids, you decided to expand your family, and they are in school, they may need a computer. Can I recommend Vision Computers for you? Uh, visioncomputers.com or 404 Compute. Do you need a laptop or a desktop? If you need a PC, Vision Computers can build one for you. Now, why build instead of going to the big box store? Because the big box store's computers are built on an algorithm of general use for anyone, but your kid may actually want to do more games and need a GPU or actually just do assignments and they don't need all the extra bells and whistles. That's why Vision can save you some money. They can build you what you actually need and what you want and what will expand over time. So I have to constantly, every couple of years, buy a brand new machine. Not only can you get a new computer from Vision for yourself or your company, by the way, they can do this for your company too and save you some money. They can be your IT support. So you can call them. You can actually call them, and they actually answer the phone. 
You don't have to go through voice message hell or anything like that. They actually answer the phone. They fix your computer problems. They can remote in in many cases, email, printer support, you name it, for your employees at your company or your kids and you at home. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Ask about the Eric Erickson Special. If you call them, it's not on the website, but call them. Ask about the Eric Erickson Special. 404-COMPUTE. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com, enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I got to laugh at this. Uh, I don't know who Derek Evans is. This is his... Uh, his, his bio on Twitter is, uh, January 6th Patriot, former member of the West Virginia house and conservative Christian Republican candidate for us Congress, West Virginia. And he tweets this Georgia governor, Brian Kemp either announces a full pardon of president Trump, or he can kiss his political career. Goodbye. The MAGA base will never forget, nor will we forgive. Um, the governor cannot pardon. Um, the governor cannot pardon. Um, and now he's asking, who appoints the boards? The prior governor. Each... Member gets a seven-year term, and the prior governor packed the board before departing office. That's the truth. I, I just I, I bring this up, and yes, I'm tweeting in real time on the show. I apologize. I just I can't abide these idiots. Um, I I, I spent so much time yesterday on this. The governor of the state of Georgia does not have the power to pardon. The Board of Pardon and Paroles does. The Board of Pardon and Paroles can only pardon someone after the completion of their sentence. And they cannot commute a sentence until five years into the term. I should put this up as well. Um, the board is prohibited. I just, oh, prohibited from pardoning people until they complete their sentences and cannot commute for five years after sentencing. Uh, Georgia is not West Virginia. Laws and constitutions are different. No before tweeting. Oh my gosh. I, ah, this makes me mad. Y'all, 
I actually, this is the thing that boggles me. It's like the stolen election stuff, and I don't mean to get on this, but it's like the stolen election stuff. I am an actual expert on this stuff. I happen to have helped write the law on this stuff. And so much of the stuff, I'm not saying things didn't happen in the election. There always are. Why? People are sinners and stupid, and they run elections. So, of course, there's stuff that's going to happen in the election that shouldn't happen. And, of course, you're going to have people vote who shouldn't vote. But there are standards for saying the election was stolen. I myself have been a lawyer who has sued to have an election thrown out and have defended elections. And it's like this other stuff on RICO and the Board of Pardon and Paroles. I know this stuff. I'm a lawyer in the state of Georgia, for God's sakes. Why do you stupid people tweet and not know and act like you do? That's the worst thing about the left and the right today in America is both sides say stupid things and they don't care about the truth. They're just mouthing off ignorantly and they prove themselves to be ignorant. I mean, the more you know people, it's like the old NBC stuff. Come on. I'm trying not to use profanity Dear Lord, guide my tongue in this monologue. I'm going to read for you what I wrote this morning. And you should know I inevitably will get an email from someone saying, I wish you wouldn't read on your radio program. And I always reply back, get your own show. This is what I wrote this morning. You could read it for yourself if you text data to 33777. I don't think Democrats realize how radicalizing it was for Republicans that Barack Obama sued nuns to force them to pay for abortions. Nor do I think Democrats realize how radicalizing it is now for culturally conservative people across races and political parties that they're pushing transgenderism as hard as they are. They simply do not realize how much of an existential threat they seem to many voters. They literally sued a bunch of nuns to force them to pay to murder children, which is what abortion is to a great many people. I don't think Republicans realize how radicalizing it was for Democrats to see the character counts GOP that impeached Bill Clinton over Monica Lewinsky come out for a twice-divorced serial adulterer who bragged on video about being able to grab women by their female parts and then spent four years in office keeping everyone tuned to Twitter to see if he was going to start World War III with a tweet. I don't think Democrats realize how radicalizing it was for Republicans that Democrats, using the press, spent four years delegitimizing Trump's win by claiming he was a Russian plant and advancing the Steele dossier with an assist from politicized FBI agents. To this day, many Democrats and members of the press still insist Russia stole the election, which is a fiction. They did not steal the election. The Steele dossier was BS. I don't think Republicans realize how radicalizing it was for Democrats to see the sitting president of the United States provoke a mob to storm into the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to stop Congress from counting the Electoral College and maybe hang Mike Pence. If you don't understand, by the way, as an aside, if you don't understand, whether you like characterizations of January 6th or not, if you don't understand how January 6th and the Republican reaction to it, not just Trump's reaction, but the Republican reaction to it and its aftermath— is what is provoking all of these prosecutions of Donald Trump. You hadn't been paying attention. It had a profoundly radicalizing effect on Democrats. But I don't think Democrats realize just how radicalizing it is for Republicans to see Democrats doing this now. They are political prosecutions. Y'all, I have read all 98 pages of the Fulton County indictment. 
it's not the strong case Democrats believe it is. And it provides lots of outs. By the way, Mark Meadows has hired actual competent attorneys who have filed suit in federal court to move the case to federal court because there is an actual federal law that if a government official at the federal level acts under color of their job, that is, the actions have a plausible tie to their job, they can have any case filed against them in a state court move to federal court. Mark Meadows hired really good lawyers. I know some of the lawyers he hired. They're some of the best lawyers. And they filed their motion to move this to federal court where they can probably have it dismissed. It's a smart play. It would humiliate the district attorney. And by the way, Mark Meadows should be dismissed. Uh, The things that Mark Meadows is accused of doing uh, that our crimes are helping the president, which was his job as chief of staff. Uh, the the prosecutor should have never charged Mark Meadows, and she deserves a black eye for uh, charging Mark Meadows. She she deserves to have a federal court embarrass her. Both sides radicalize each other. Now I'm not going to repeat my first hour monologue. I'm just saying that one of the things that radicalizes people. Let me let me just put it to you this way. If you're a conservative in America right now, you probably understand how TikTok is influencing people and re-educating people and twisting people's minds. The Chinese government is promoting a video on TikTok. It shows a young blonde white girl who is getting engaged and she begins to put the ring on her finger and all of a sudden it flashes to all the things that she will have to do, taking care of the babies, uh, cooking the dinners, mopping the floors, doing the laundry. She looks exhausted and she yanks her finger out of the ring. If you pay attention to the background, this video is filmed in China. You can see it's in China behind her and there's like a Chinese family eating. It's Chinese propaganda, but it's a a blonde white girl doing this. Uh, And it seems to me to be filmed in China and others have pointed it out as well. Uh, And and the, the implication seems to be until you get a ring on your finger, you have no chores or cares in the world. It's a deeply anti-marriage, anti-population message being pushed by the Chinese. And you and I on the right understand how bad TikTok is. The TikTok algorithm, in addition to the spying, the TikTok algorithm is actually being used to present kids trans material and and things sympathetic to population control and things disruptive of society in the West, all because the Chinese are doing it. But you and I are, you're nodding your head with me. You know this is true, but what about you on Twitter? I saw someone say earlier, because I am very critical these days of the hyper online Christian. The hyper online Christian uh, you would never know the person was a Christian. They used the same rhetoric and, and shrillness uh, as, as people in politics yelling about, oh, we can't listen to this person. They're not a good Christian or whatnot. It, it drives me insane, and they're so clueless. And I saw this guy who is a pastor say, people criticize me for being hyper online. I own being hyper online, and it's shown me so much. Do you know that's literally what the left said with the word woke? 
I mean, you're admitting you're being a, a woke on the right. You're, you're a right-wing woke because this is what the left said. The phrase woke started out in the black community, and then the online left, online, seeing stuff online, embraced the word woke. They were hyper-online people, and they're suddenly in the know. And this guy, a pastor, comes along and uses the same stuff to defend his hyper-online attitude. He's woke just from the right. All of these sites are indoctrinating us. I use Twitter less now, and the main reason I use Twitter less now is one of the upsides of Elon Musk being a, a man-child is he's treating Twitter as his personal playground. He changes it every day. It breaks all the time. It's not as good as it was. The algorithm is more and more useless and it's very one-sided now. I am I, prone to engage with people less, and I hate that because even in the bad days of Twitter with the far-left owners, I engaged way more with the audience than I do now. It's, it's almost impossible. It's, it's difficult. Uh, but my gosh, my day is so much better. I, I, I'm, less, I, I'm less on Twitter. My, my outlook in life is better. I don't watch Fox News at night. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't want to discourage you from listening to my show. I try to actually cover the news on a daily basis and, and try to explain both sides of it to you so you can be informed and engaged, but I don't want to do the shrill white right-wing points. I, I don't want to do the be a mouthpiece of the Republican Party. Hell, I was an elected Republican, and I don't even know what the Republican Party stands for anymore other than we hate Biden. Um, I, I just I want to be more thoughtful than that, but I see so many people online, and and their hyper-onlineness is so bad for their mental health. And you can see it happening in so many of them, you can't even explain to them, this is bad for your mental health. Look at the way you're behaving. Look at the way you're operating. And particularly people who are pastors and, and, and people who are people of faith and their lack of grace, their rise in legalism. Um, I just I, These deeply malcontented souls on the left and the right who are addicted to the outrage machine online, the algorithm that keeps them back. Uh, coming back for more and more to be outraged about. It's not healthy, and you can tie that also to the despair and depression and suicide rate. This stuff is not healthy. If you believe and concede that TikTok is shaping people's minds on the left and young people, you can't preclude the idea that Twitter is doing the same or Instagram, or Facebook, or Snapchat, or anything else. And it's another reason we should be more offline. I think screen time, we need it for our adults as well. I mean, I saw a meme a while back, and I think y'all probably seen the meme as well, that uh, when I was a kid, my parents told me to stay off the screens because it would be bad for my brain, and now I'm trying to get my parents to turn the news off. Yes, same concept, same thing. Uh, the outrage machine keeps us coming back for more. And I try to limit the outrage on this program because I want you to come back for, well, you have a relationship with me and, and I'll, I'll tell you what's going on in the world, but I, I just, I don't want to be the outrage machine. It's so bad for all of us. And when you hear about the depression and despair and the suicide increases in the country, I mean, I, I, I get it. People just get outraged and fretful and worried and they hate their neighbor. They don't love their neighbor. And, and they go back for more and more and more and more and more, and it just rots our brains. I, it's just, it's not good for us to be that online. It, it's really 
really not good for us. And I see it more and more in my family. And, and we've now put devices in our house that if the kids are on Wi-Fi, it, it absolutely curtails their ability to get on Twitter or Snapchat and stuff like that. You just can't in our house. Um, even visitors can't get on Snapchat in our house. It's just not healthy. And if you got kids, I just I want to tell you, keep them off the screens as best you can. You want to evidence of just how cult-like the the climate change people are and, and all, every excuse is climate change. This is the story from ABC News. This is the headline, Why Climate Change Can't Be Blamed for the Maui Wildfires. ABC News has released this report, Why Climate Change Can't Be Blamed for the Maui Wildfires. Uh, I have a rule of thumb that you should never take seriously anyone who puts pronouns in their Twitter bio. And this lady, Emily Adkin, does it. She writes for something called Heated, a newsletter devoted to climate accountability journalism. And she, this is her tweet. Seriously, ABC, then she uses the F word, all the way off. This is such bad faith. Well, technically framing and serves to help absolutely no one except the people trying to downplay and deny climate change. Uh, wow. Um, she can't handle the truth. Uh, um, she can't handle the truth. Kudos to ABC News for telling the truth here. Climate change cannot be blamed on the Maui wildfires. There were so many massive problems that were so much more the proximate cause than anything related to climate change, including land mismanagement, including power line mismanagement, all of these things. And yet, oh, it's climate change. Climate change is, is the be-all, end-all uh, excuse-making for the left now. Everything's about climate change, and climate change is the excuse for every government policy, the need for every government policy. Good gracious. Uh, meanwhile, pay no attention to what's actually going on with uh, the manufacturing and the discarding of the wind turbines and solar panels. I saw a picture, I've mentioned this before, in the last month in Nebraska. A hailstorm, a massive hailstorm in Nebraska, destroyed a solar panel farm, shattered all the solar panels. I don't know why you would put a massive solar farm in Nebraska, given the weather there. But they did, and it is no more because of that. And the environmental damage of the shattered solar panels, uh, let alone the, the harvesting of the rare earth minerals and the, the uh, other things needed for the solar, it's, it's an environmental disaster. But they don't care about those disasters because they don't have to see the poor black kids dying in Africa harvesting the rare earth minerals in the mines to build their solar panels. They, they, don't have to, they don't have to see that. They don't have to see that damage. They don't have to see the pollution in South America. They don't have to see the pollution in China or the slave labor in China. The good, rich, white people get to sleep well at night knowing they've got a solar panel on their roof. They don't have to care about where it came from. And meanwhile, these people are uh, these are the same people who scream when you decide you like some sort of ethnic cuisine that you're culturally appropriating. It 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 makes no sense. Progressivism is a mental illness. That's what it is. There are good liberals out there with whom I disagree, but even y'all have got to recognize some of this stuff is just insane. I mean, the the, the amount of pollution that goes into harvesting the minerals and materials for solar panels, uh, but. You don't have to see them. There are plenty of other ways to deal with climate change. In fact, converting to natural gas is a big thing. Nuclear power is a massive win. In some in Illinois, 
They've banned the generation of new nuclear power plants. They, they claim global warming is a horrible thing, but in Illinois, they passed a law blocking the building of new nuclear power plants. Why is that exactly? It's just, it's, it's a derangement that makes no sense. It's a worldview that's not comprehensive and not sound and in conflict with itself. And climate change is their overarching excuse for every decision they make and everything they kill and every problem in the world. It's not their fault. It's not their policies. It's just climate change. I'm getting kind of tired of it.